Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, how to grow your organizational and productivity practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Stand Out, growing your organizing and productivity business. I'm Sarah Karakayan, your host. Many of you listeners are just like me and just like today's guest. Organizing is your second career, or third, or fourth. You discovered it later in your professional life left one career behind to start one in professional organizing or productivity. Instead of thinking you must start all over, what we have to remember is everything we've learned in our previous career will carry into this new chapter. And no one knows that better than Dr. Regina Lark of A Clear Path. Dr. Regina Lark is the founder and owner of A Clear Path, Professional Organizing and Productivity. Dr. Lark earned a PhD in U.S. women's history from the University of Southern California, then worked with the UCLA Women's Studies Program. In 2008, she left higher education to start a clear path. Regina is a certified professional organizer and a certified professional organizer in chronic disorganization. She is a graduate of the Organizer Coach Foundation training program, serves as the member director of the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals, and is a member of the National Speakers Association. Regina specializes in working with chronic disorganization, ADHD, and hoarding, and is a relocation expert, helping families upsize or downsize from one home to the next. She is a speaker and trainer on issues ranging from hoarding, time management and productivity, women's leadership, and the power of positive thinking. In 2017, Dr. Lark released the third edition of her book, Psychic Debris, Crowded Closets, The Relationship Between the Stuff in Your Head and What's Under Your Bed. She is also the author of Before the Big O, Professional Organizers Talk About Life Before Organizing. Regina was named one of top 10 organizers in Los Angeles by CBS Channel 2 and was also awarded NAPO LA's Most Innovative Organizer and has also been recognized by the LA Times, LA Daily News, Wall Street Journal, and featured on several episodes of Quarters. Regina, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much. Wow, I sound great. <laughs> you are great. I did plenty of research on you. You are one, you're a mover and shaker. So uh, I'm excited to dive in. So you have cool. your PhD in U.S. women's history, and I know that earning your PhD is no easy feat. My mother actually just got her PhD. Um, but you left your career in higher education behind to start a business from scratch. So can we talk about that transition? So here's the story. The last job that I'll ever have was uh, working as a director for UCLA. I had a port. I was responsible for a portfolio of classes that consisted of 300 courses uh, uh, from anthropology to women's studies, Arabic Ooh. to Yiddish. And job itself could have been a really wonderful, creative, entrepreneurial um, position. But what began to transpire for me is that I had um, 
my, my, my supervisor uh, was kind of a bully. Oh, she was a bully. And, and what passed for leadership at this was very, very difficult for me. And so eight months before my layoff, I was out exploring Los Angeles, meeting with people that I thought had really cool positions, just to see what was available to somebody who was smart with the highest degree in the land and lived in LA. I, I just saw that there was a lot of opportunity. A week before my layoff, I was visiting a good friend in Jerusalem and she lives in the old city. And one day I was, I was staying with her for two weeks. And, and one day I called her up while she was at her job. And I said, Nadra, I don't want to be a tourist today. How about if I do your kitchen? And she's like, uh, what does that mean? And I said, I don't really know, but your girls are in their thirties and you've got sippy cups in the cupboard. <laughs> and she said, okay, you know, go ahead. And so I went into the shops in the old city and I speak neither Hebrew nor Arabic. And I am pantomiming to the shopkeepers that I want. I'm pointing to the empty boxes that I see scattered about. And I ended up getting enough boxes. I brought them all up to Nadra's apartment and spent the day in the kitchen doing what I do. In my family of origin, there are six of us. Four of us are like me and two of us need us. <laughs> So I've always just had this thing. I could, I, I, I have the gift, as I call it. So I did her kitchen. She comes home at the end of the day, and about 80% of the contents of her kitchen are now in boxes in the living room. And she, she's like, why is my kitchen in the living room? And I said, hear me out. You know, these are the decisions I made. And she agreed with about 95% of them. I don't think anything of it. I finish my vacation. I go back to my desk at UCLA Extension. And a week later, I get a call from the dean's office and I'm told that my, uh, I, I, and I go up to the office and my, my supervisor, the dean, and the head of HR are sitting around a table looking rather glum. And I've been told that my unit had been dismantled and my position had been eliminated uh, due to budget cuts. <laughs> I said, so it's not me, right? <laughs> Our biggest fear. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I realized at that moment, quite honestly, that the goddess of all jobs had just done for me what I clearly had not been able to do for myself. And I walked out. I was, I was gone from the, from the building uh, within nine or se seven or nine days. And uh, I didn't realize that we were just about to hit our stride in a recession. This was in July of 08. And I had been working in higher ed for so long that we feel we have this we have this sort of false sense of protection from the prevailing winds. So two months into my layoff, I, I wasn't finding jobs. I, I was a finalist for a couple of dean positions uh, at, at two university, two community colleges. I've been teaching for a long time, as long as administrating and uh, I told my roommate that I'm going to be, an, I'm going to organize until something better comes along. And so we looked up organizing and our zip code. And the first person to come up uh, is a woman named Catherine Macy. And I looked at her website and I see that she has a PhD in electrical ah. engineering. And I thought, oh, okay, organizers are smart people. 
this is good. And the, Catherine was known to my roommate. My roommate calls her, blah, blah, Regina um, wants to do this. And Catherine says, come on over for dinner. And we went over to her place for dinner that night. She lived so close, we could walk there. And as we're walking there, I told Ronnie, well, if I'm going to have a business, it's got to start with the letter A because I'm thinking right. yellow pages. And I looked down an alley and I said, how about a clear path? And she said, good idea. And Catherine told me everything I wanted to know about organizing, brought me on as an assistant to work in a house in, in Brentwood. And I was assigned to the boys' bathroom in Brentwood. And it was a big stinky mess. And I spent the day doing what I do. And the defining feature of this bathroom were the boys' sports buttons that are three inches in diameter. And there were dozens of these buttons. And it was the kids with the bats and the balls and the soccer and the football. And I'm thinking, why the heck do people have all of these buttons? It doesn't make any sense to me, but buttons they had. So I went into the garage. I found some rope. I braided the rope. And I draped one braided rope around one mirror in front of one mm -hmm. sink and the other braided rope around the other mirror. And I stuck the buttons in and I said, boy, A is going to have this sink and mirror. Boy, B is going to have this sink and mirror. At the end of the day, the mother comes in. She looks at all my handiwork in the drawers and the, there's, a, there's a closet and the covers. And then she's standing in the doorway and I watch her eyes go to the mirrors and she gasps and she's got her hand to her throat and tears Aww. come to her eyes and she says, she goes, you made art out of the buttons. And I thought, why, yes, I did. <laughs> I'm brilliant. And so... I, I walked away from that job thinking, oh my gosh, I can get paid for this. Uh, the other thing that Catherine did was take me to my first uh, chapter meeting of NAPO Los Angeles. And I walked in and it was women and gay men. And I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, I have arrived. I, this That's is my home. And, uh, and truly within that first year, I saw that where professional organizers are needed is in every single area of human life, womb mm -hmm. to tomb, before the cradle, organizing a nursery for a new family, beyond the grave, taking care of that family when the, the elder family member has deceased and we can help clear out the estate. And I just, I just took off with this thing and I'll be 10 years old in September. Wow. How long did you work as Catherine's assistant before you really made a clear path, your own entity and took on your own clients? Oh, not, I, I not really hardly okay. at all. I mean, she took me on this job and maybe I did another couple of jobs with her, but I'm already reading everything about how to start a home-based business and I uh, built my own website on GoDaddy. I ordered free business cards on Vistaprints. Uh, I called, I, I called it a clear path, professional organizing for homework and life. And that I specialized in boomer and senior downsizing just cause I liked the way uh -huh. it sounded. And, uh, and I, 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 <laughs> and I did something, I don't know if I would recommend it, but I'm, I'm somebody who fl I'm a flinger. I just fling it out there and see where it lands. I don't do that as much anymore. I'm much more strategic about my business sure. growth. But I remember sitting in my apartment, <laughs> two things I did. I, I got a car magnet 
because I'm thinking, how do people know about me? So I got a car magnet and I don't have an office. And so I stuck the car magnet on the front door where I shared with my friend, Ronnie. And I said, I put the magnet on the door and I stood in front of it. I said, Ronnie, take a picture. And she did. I said, okay, I am now open for business. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm working out of my home. And so one thing I did, like within the first couple of days, honestly, I, I, I looked up online. We're not Googling yet, but we're looking on the World Wide Web. I, I, I started looking for any entity or person that had to do with boomers and mm -hmm. seniors. Uh, from gerontologists to uh, reverse mortgage people. I, I, um, I, I just found whatever I found. And I put all the email addresses into the blind copy. In the subject line, I said, expanding our services. <laughs> I wrote an email that says, it's good to be in touch again. <laughs> you are sneaky. I love I it. <laughs> I, I'm fearless. I would call it yes. fearless. No, you're right. Fearless. You're right. <laughs> I said, I, I, I would, uh, it's all perception. I said, I would love to, uh, uh, it's good to be in touch again. I'm happy. I'm excited to announce that we are now expanding our scope of services into boomer and senior downsizing and told a little bit about my company as I knew it at that moment. And I hit send and, uh, I got an email right away from a woman who uh, does, um, she helps seniors, she helps families place seniors into assisted living communities. And uh, she got back to me right away. I think her name was Sue Pomerantz. And she says, oh my gosh, who are you? I have to meet you. And then she introduced me to this whole world of folks who work in senior care communities. And I, I was just sort of off and running. I would go to network. I, I looked up networking for free. Free networking events for $10 breakfast or $15 right. lunches. And I attended it all. I, I, you know, I'm comfortable with strangers. I, I was a, a community college teacher for two and a half decades. And um, so I met, you know, 40 new people every semester. And I have enough confidence in my, you know, as a, as a professor, I figure I could teach anything. I just read, if, I'm, if I could read a chapter ahead, I can teach right. anything. So as I'm developing my chops as an organizer, I'm getting a job here and there. I was fortunate in that I was with my roommate and um, she, uh, it was a situation where at that moment I had left a long-term relationship. I, I was helping support my former household and, uh, my roommate, um, didn't require mm -hmm. much of me. And so the first year and a half, my expenses were pretty low, but, but within, within, um, within 18 months, I was fully self-supporting. Wow. Uh, and I, and it was lean. It was lean, but I, I paid rent. I moved out from Ronnie uh, two years into my business, and uh, it was lean. So I, I just came up with all kinds of stuff to bring in money. Uh, I had a speed dating company for gays and lesbians because I thought that would be a good way for me to meet uh -huh. somebody. And uh, when I was networking, I would say that uh, 
I said, I have, well, I said, I have two businesses. One is a clear path professional organizing and one is Q2D speed dating. I said, one business will clear your closet and the other one would help keep you out of it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, anything I could do to put myself in front yes. of others, stand out. But the speed dating, I, I got tired of schlepping event boxes around and really my, my clear path was just taking off. I joined um, professional networking associations. Mm-hmm. I, 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 every dime I spent in networking, joining associations was all investing in my, in my business. I saw that very clearly. My dad was into sale. My dad was a salesman for years. And I remember him saying, in order to make a sale, you got to hit hundred to get Mm. one. You got to get in front of a hundred people to hit one. And my dad sold everything from pens to, you know, high end office furniture. And, but he kept that philosophy. And so every no got me closer to the yes. Right. Did you realize that your career in higher education gave you that confidence level to just be completely fearless? Or did you not realize that as you were, you're like, I'm sending these emails out to people I don't know, but I know this is the right move because how else am I going to, like you said, stand out? Or is that something that, did you have any sort of business mentors or were you just lucky enough to just be fearless right off the bat? Well, I don't know if it's luck. I'm kind of wired. I'm, I'm just wired mm-hmm. this way. I, I, I mean, it's, it developed very strong. When I was a kid, you know, I, I used to sing that nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I'm going to eat some mm-hmm. worm song. And uh, I, 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 I was a kid that didn't have friends and I, I didn't have self-confidence. I, have a, I was born with a really good singing voice. And so at times in, in you know, junior high um, or high school, in order for me to feel like I fit in, I would, I would, I would join the chorus or I would uh, you know, try to get into one of the school plays because I did have mm-hmm. that. And that kind of stood me out. Uh, but I was, I was kind of a wreck as a teenager and a young adult. I, you know, did a lot of drugs. I had to go to jail. I had, you know, I had some, I had some issues, but I stopped drinking at the age of 23 and I, I recognized that I was Mm -hmm. smart and I started really, I, it took me 23 years to complete the PhD because I always had to work full time as a medical assistant or a nurse's aide. And I went to school one night a week. And so you know, it took me 12 years to earn the associate of arts degree. And I call it the AA the long way. <laughs> and, uh, and then I got into state university and I heard about PhDs and master's degrees. I was 30 years old and I don't come from education. I never took a, an L, I never took an SAT test. Nobody in my family said, Regina, go to college. So I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about PhDs and master's. And I, I told my then um, spouse, I said, wow, they have these degrees. And my spouse said, wow, why don't you go for it? And I thought, oh, okay, I'll, go, I'll get a PhD. It didn't occur to me that I wouldn't complete it. It never occurred to me that I would right. fail. So in, in some respects, I'm wired to have uh, unmitigated belief in myself, truly. And, and 
I know that that carried me over. A lot of it for me is mindset. Right. When I, when I started, I read two books that, that were important. One was a revisit of a book, uh, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. And uh, Louise Hay, a lot of it is about the power of affirmation. And the other book I read was Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And I devoured that book. And I, I, I read it all the way through. And at the end, he writes, uh, read it again. So I read it again, then I did everything in chapter two, and I created what was called the plan. And I wrote out the plan, it was four paragraphs, and I recited it every single morning and every single night. And the, the two points about Hill that resonated with me then and resonate today, one is um, really the power of my mind, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it will achieve. And the other thing is the only power that I have in this world, in all of my interactions with clients, with the people I meet on the street, behind the wheel, the only power that I have, the only control I have in all of these situations is I can control my perception of things. And that to me is extremely powerful. If I can control my perception, it matters not how others perceive me. I can if someone talks to me in a way that, you know, I, I could look at it two ways. Wow, you just slighted me. I'm now really resentful. Or, wow, I wonder what happened right. in her day. And that is a shift that resonated with me. I, I, um, I'm all about perception. It's all perception. I don't care what it is. It's my perception how I want to view this. What can I control? I can control how I think right. about a thing. So it never occurred to me that I would fail in, in this. It never occurred to me that I couldn't put together a book. Two or three years into organizing, I thought I want to be a professional speaker. Well, what, you know, what does a professional speaker need? Um, <laughs> good teeth. I have a story about that, but I want to uh, use up the time. And, and I thought a professional speaker needs a book. So I just put that in the back of my head. And I actually started an outline um, for my book. And I thought it would have to be autobiographical. And I called it A Clear Path, My Journey Into mm. Junk. And around this time, I, was, uh, I needed to keep generating some income. So <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm going to do a teleseminar. And uh, I sat at my desk one afternoon and uh, I put together a six-week teleseminar. I just wrote it. And I came up with the title, Psychic Debris, Crowded Closets, The Relationship Between the Stuff in Your Head and What's Under Your Bed. Because I had heard a, a spiritual, uh, I, I, was, I had attended a spiritual event and the, the, the guy who was speaking used the term psychic debris. And I thought, oh, our clients have psychic mm -hmm. debris. They just have all this crap in their head that makes them feel badly about themselves. So I put together the six-week seminar. I made a paragraph for each, you know, what is psychic debris week one? What is, what is clutter under your bed week two? And I, I just I threw it together. And that night I gave a talk to uh, probably about 20 uh, entrepreneurial women. And at the end of the talk, I said, oh, by the way, I'm once again offering my class on psychic debris. Usually it lists for $200. Tonight, everybody can get it for 50 
And all these women started giving me credit cards. And I thought, holy crap, I don't know how to take a credit card. Hell, I don't even know how to put on a teleseminar. And I said, I, I don't have my credit card machine. Oh my gosh. Let me, let me get your number. So I went home and I figured it all out. Freeteleconference.com, get a square or whatever we were using, a little PayPal fob. Yep. And I called everybody up. I got the information. And I, I launched this six-week teleseminar and it was great. And somehow I had the presence of mind to hit record on all the sessions. Done. It's over. I'm bringing in more clients, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm doing my thing. And uh, six or eight months later, I had heard about Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Yep. And they'll do anything for five bucks. And I, I thought, oh, I wonder if I should get those MP3s transcribed. So I found somebody. And I said, I've got six hours of MP3. She did 20 minutes of audio transcription for five bucks. I said, I have six hours. She said, 90 bucks. Great. I said, sold. I sent her my MP3s. And uh, within a week, I had 87 beautifully transcribed pages. I don't think anything of it. Then I'm thinking, okay, I want to have a speaking career. I need to have a book. Uh, six or eight months later, I sat up in the middle of the night again. I thought, holy crap, I got a book in my computer. So I sent the first week of transcription to my best friend, Ronnie, who's a publisher and an editor. I said, hey, Ronnie, what do you think of this? Two days later, she gives me back the edited version. Four months later, I'm having my book signing at um, the, the restaurant that, that <laughs> helped me out when I was trying to run my speed dating business. <laughs> and uh, We put the book on CreateSpace. We had it published. Uh, Ronnie put together the ISBN. My website person designed the book cover. And uh, seriously, I'm at my book signing four months later, and I am uh, very excited. And um, that was in 2014. In 2016, I learned a lot about uh, chronic disorganization, a lot. I had gone through the um, CPOCB program with the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. And, and I want to be relevant as a speaker. And so I decided to add chapters on chronic disorganization and I called it the second edition. And, uh, and then in this last year, I learned a lot about managing one's relationship to time. And uh, I, read, I, I, I read a lot by Ari Tuckman and attended conference sessions and you know, just kind of uh, devoured everything I could on, on the, what we call time management. Uh, Judith Kohlberg has some great stuff on her website uh, um, on the history of time. Really, really fun, fun essays and really smart articles. And uh, again, I want to stay relevant. And so I, I revised, uh, added all my new information and um, released uh, the third edition in October of last year. You are incredible. Well, I just... I just don't believe any of my ideas aren't good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know how to explain that. Do you that. think it, is it, uh, you know the saying, it's, it, uh, you'd rather have it done than perfect or some variation of that. Do you think that's what helps you go? You, you, do you let go of perfection and just trust yourself enough that it will, if it's not perfect, this first edition, or if it's not, you know, if the teleconference wasn't, it was great the first time around, but you know that you can make it even better and you're not bothered by that growth. I know a lot of us get paralyzed by the fact that it has to be perfect before we publish anything, whether it's a, a book or an ebook or even, you know, an e, an e-newsletter. How would you help someone that isn't as confident 
as you are kind of let go of that perfection and just kind of trust yourself? Well, I don't have that perfection. So I don't know what it means to have that. Honestly, I, I really am somebody who does things for the, for the, for the purpose of expediency. Mm. I, I, I guess if I were to look at everything's good enough. I mean, what's the primary purpose of having a book? Was the primary purpose of having a book to generate great sales? No, for me, it was just completely a marketing tool, just a marketing tool. And so my expectations about the stuff I fling out (laughs) are more wrapped around what, what is the immediate need that I'm trying to cover right now? I mean, when I did, I'm into my business a year. And I need to eat. And I read Think and Grow Rich in that first year. And I thought to myself, I could teach this. So I went to Meetup and uh, I was first going to call it Think and Grow Rich, the world according to Regina. (laughs) But uh, I wasn't rich yet. So I called it Think and Grow Rich, a chapter by chapter book study. And I found free space. I went to one of the assisted living communities where I network. And I said, hi, do you have a room I can use? Then they gave me free space once a month, Sunday evenings. Nothing's happening there. And uh, I put it out on Meetup. I learned how Meetup worked. And every month I had, you know, 10 to 15 people show up in the room and they had to pay $10 each. And I was guaranteed grocery money at the end of the month. And I just read a chapter ahead. And then I talked about the lessons. um, and, 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 And what that did, actually teaching that class, completely reinforced in me the messages that were part of that book. Right. You know, I mean, it made me, I became very... Um, fluid with the messages and applying them to me and how I viewed the world and, you know, really, really knocking into my brain the whole idea of what I can and cannot control. Only thing I can control is my perception. I, I, I thought I actually invented the phrase conceive, believe, and achieve because when I was working on my dissertation, I wrote that on a post-it and it was on my computer. I had, I, I just liked the alliteration right. of it. I don't know where I had heard it. So I was kind of surprised that, that, you know, I read it, I read it from a book that was published in 1937, but yeah, I, so I had that mindset to get me through my, my dissertation, mm-hmm. but teaching, you know, education, I, I'm such a, a proponent of, of, of the significance of education and being a part of a professional community. I, I, I'm, I'm all about professionalizing myself as a professional. Mm-hmm. Education is part of it. Being an active member of NAPO is part of it. And then, you know, being fearless, I think. Right. Regina, this is great stuff. We are going to take a quick break for commercial, but then we will be right back. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer NAPO University's live webinars. These webinars are offered several times each year. 
Many of NAPO University's courses are also available on demand, which enables students to purchase them and then watch or listen at any time. We have more than 140 courses ranging from starting an organizing business to productivity chain assessment and everything in between. Visit napo.net to learn more. All right, we're going to get right back into the conversation. I want to talk about a little bit your book, Before the Big O, Professional Organizing. Talk about <laughs> life before organizing. As you know, I had another career before I stepped into this one and it's hard. It's hard to give up what, you know, for me, I went to college for that career. And I, ever since I was little, that's what I wanted to do. And then when you have that moment of this isn't who I am anymore, it's difficult. So is that what that book kind of touches on? Is that courage to take that step into this career or, um, let's talk about the book a little bit. Not really. Uh, it's not necessarily about the courage. I, so my first set of business cards, I did not put the PhD mm. on it. Uh, I was, um, I felt like I had come down in my circumstances and I was no longer working as a PhD. And uh, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't have been more surprised that I did not have a job. I had always had a job. I've been working since I was 14 years old. And now I'm, I'm venturing out in this and I have four degrees in history for goodness sake. And so, so I didn't have the PhD on that. And it, within my, at some of the first networking events, talking to uh, a new colleague and friend and she goes, well, did you go to school for organizing? I said, well, actually there's no school for organizing. I said, I finished a PhD in history from USC and she looked at my card. She goes, why isn't the PhD on your card? And I said, well, you know, blah, blah, I'm not working in that. And she convinced me that the, the degree has gravitas. And, uh, and indeed it does. I, 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 it's, 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 again, it's something that um, stands me yes. out, I guess. And... Uh, I had been so insulated in the world of academia and higher ed. Everybody has a PhD, you know. So, but a PhD outside of higher ed is—I I didn't know—but it was seen as 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 awesome. Yes. People think I'm smart. So, in my first couple of years as an organizer, and I'm meeting all of these fabulous people who all came from someplace else. Catherine had her PhD in uh, electrical engineering, and I'm meeting um, I'm meeting um, people with masters from masters in social work and lawyers, and uh, they have JDs and 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 I meet really awesome business women who had been um, stay at home moms, and they had a liberal arts education, and they're they're they believe that their journey was to uh, be the best homemaker that there was. And so what I recognize is that we all came from someplace else. And I find that fascinating. I think I don't know any other profession on the planet except maybe uh, professional fiduciaries, because that's kind of a new thing over the last decade. Uh, maybe sommeliers. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know. But, but, we all come from someplace else, every single one of us. 
And so I just got the idea how fun it would be. Uh, so I contacted 13 women that I met and I said, and Ronnie helped me put the book, the book together. In fact, uh, before the big O, that was Ronnie's title. She and I love playing around with titles. And uh, we just asked them a series of questions and they, they um, uh, responded. And, you know, it was just kind of this quick and dirty thing we've done. I, 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 I think it would be kind of a cool thing to do a second and third and fourth yeah. edition because we all have such interesting stories and that click yep. in, in feminism. There's a, there's this saying that, you know, our, sometimes a woman's moment of truth, that there's a click in her life. Like, oh, why didn't I ask for more money when I went for this job? Or, oh, why am I picking up my husband's socks? You know, when he's perfectly capable of picking them up himself, that, that, that click moment. And, and, and organizers have had that click moment. And, and then we have the click moments all along the way to keep amping up our, our businesses. My big, my, my, one of my biggest click moments came three years ago at this time during tax season. And I was blindsided by my taxes. And I had to pay more than I thought I did. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm too smart mm -hmm. for this. I, I shouldn't be blindsided. And I felt like a failure. I felt that there was something, you know, what's wrong with me? And, and my, 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 one of my best friends, my smart friend, Sue, she goes, maybe it's not you. Maybe it's your financial team. And my CPA had been with me for 31 years. And my bookkeeper was my former partner who could produce a, um, a, a P&L, <laughs> but she didn't provide analysis. You know, she was, she was doing what I had asked her to do, was to give me a quarterly P&L. Did I read it? No, right. uh, but I had one. And then my financial advisor hadn't been in touch with me. And I had, you know, some, some 401k stuff from my university work. So from April to August, everybody changed. I found a new bookkeeper, CPA, and financial advisor. And in August of 2015, I got us all on a phone call wow. together. I said, here are my goals. This is what I want to do. And it's been fantastic. And I project my numbers every year now. I project what I want my sales to be. What is it going to take to have this type of growth every single quarter? I, I, did, I did work with a business coach for, I think, about 18 months in year four or five. And, but I didn't pay as much attention to her as I could have. She did tell me, Regina, you got to know your numbers. She was from New Hampshire. Regina, you got to know your numbers. <laughs> and I knew them, I knew them peripherally. But I didn't understand how they worked. Mm -hmm. And now I know what my net profit is on every single job. And, uh, and, and I'm, going for, I, I, I'm, I'm going for big I numbers this year. I, ex I exceeded my projections last year by $8,000. Wow. And, and, and I was <laughs> like, all right, let's just fling this number out here. What do we have to do to get it? And I exceeded it by 8,000. So now I've got another milestone that I'm working toward for December 31st, 2018. And, uh, but again, it was a click 
moment. Um, yeah, but that's that's the book. It's it's just because I I think we're awesome. I think professional organizers are awesome, awesome people, and you know we have created uh, we sort of created something out of nothing. But I really encourage folks who are looking at this for the first time to understand that every single part of their life's journey brought them here and they can pull out from it whatever they choose to apply to this next phase yeah my phd now stands for piled higher (laughs) and deeper you know and and do i use what i learned yes i learned um about follow-through i learned how to sequence i had to create chapters in a dissertation Mm -hmm. uh i interviewed um, elderly people for my study. And so I'm good with seniors, right? You know what I mean? And so every part of our life, uh, and I've had, and I've had some hard times and the hard times have allowed me to work with, um, people who also have hard time. You know, one of the things I've learned about chronic disorganization, which is a lot, is that chronic disorganization can happen as a result of um, brain-based challenges, or, you know, if you're a wheelchair user and all the storage is up above the countertops and you don't have any storage at, at wheelchair height or lower, you don't have anywhere to put your stuff and you are going to be chronically disorganized. Um, you just don't have any place to put stuff and it just becomes a jumble. When I was at UCLA, I got very involved in the disability studies. Uh, we were putting to, I, um, I have an intellectual um, interest in in disability, uh, cognitive and physical um, developmental disabilities. And so I was lucky enough to be part of um, a big work group on creating a disability studies minor at UCLA. And so I've taken that um, into my work. Uh, ICD classes taught me how to work with people with brain-based conditions from, from depression and anxiety uh, to the hoarding disorder. My, my read of the world helps me to understand the significance of mindfulness and that, that we're, we're, a lot of our clients are dealing with shame and depression. And, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a psychologist but I have had a wealth of experiences that I apply to my work every single day, whether I'm doing networking Mm -hmm. or marketing or whether I'm one-on-one with a client or working with a team because I was a manager in my former jobs and I hired Mm -hmm. people. So it's, it all, it all, everything we've done in the past relates to who we are today. I love that. And I love how you don't take it and then, and literally, you know, in some cases, you kind of see, like you said, your dissertation helps you understand sequence, which then helped you put together a teleconference in almost no time at all. And it did really well because you realized you had that power. And I think a lot of us, I think you're right. I think the power of positive thinking and mindset has a lot to do with success. And as business owners or soon to be business owners, it's imperative that we clear that clutter in our own minds and and really mm-hmm. harness that fearlessness that we that we have in there. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced about that. Uh, I mean, I've, I've met folks along the way 
that it takes them uh, a long time to launch the website. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and I think that, you know, I, and I see, I see that I call it the twin evils of perfectionism and procrastination. Yes. And, and those really hamper movement forward. And, and, you know, we do hear enough, we do hear, you know, good enough, just make it good enough. Um, because you can always right. revise. That's the other thing I learned in the dissertation. You can always revise if the chapter isn't good enough, you know, revise it. You know, like, right. Like, I, you know, it's not written in stone. Even myself, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. You know, I, when I was getting started, it took me forever to, to like you said, open for business because I didn't have the perfect website up yet. And I mean, I think of all the dollars I lost because I didn't have a website up. And here you are standing next to your car door and just going for it. I love it. But, but again, you didn't lose anything. You gained a lot of experience. You're right. You're right. And, and again, it's the flip of the switch. It's the perception. You can control your perception of why it took you so long, why it took what it took for you to launch right. a website. And, and I mean, I'm not telling no, you. No, but think, then but, apply it then to the next challenge that you're going to yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're so right. Um, so at the end of every interview, I like to ask our guests for two sticky notes, like I call them, like you said, you had a sticky note in your office with um, some words of, of encouragement. Uh, if you were to leave our listeners with two sticky notes, two big impact next step items that you believe our organizing and productivity professionals can implement immediately into their business, what would those two things be? I, I, I still have it on my desk from my, my, my business coach. It says no head trash, no head trash. Whenever my coach heard me say, I can't, or it's hard, she goes, Regina, no head trash. <laughs> and, uh, and it's still sitting on my desk um, eight years later. So I would say no head trash. And I would also say, um, uh, be fearless, believe in your ideas. I love it. So simple. And yet you've inspired me to like get to work as soon as this interview is done. I've got a million ideas and they're just <laughs> sitting there and I want them to be perfect. And I just need, and I know that I am, I'm good enough. And I'm sure my first revision is going to be just fine. So I know that you're going to help a lot yeah. of listeners. There's a, there's a line in the Hamilton musical and Hamilton says, there's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait, just you wait. And, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's me. There's still so much more. Uh, I'm going to create an audio book out of psychic debris. I've been in the studio twice and, uh, a friend of mine heard it and says, it, it sounds like you're reading it word for word. And I said, well, I am. <laughs> it's so I've got to, I want to, I want to go back and, and just be more conversational. Right. But yeah, one of my goals is to, um, get the audiobook out because so many of my clients have a hard time yes. reading. They have a hard time with the focus and they're in their cars a lot. It's like, well, what, why not, why not increase every likelihood for their success? And, and, um, and also create another revenue Right. Stream. Well, you've taken one piece uh, of content, made three editions out of it. And now an that is so yeah, smart. <laughs> it's so smart. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Three Thank you. It's fun. I, I, I love this. I love You're very life. good at what you do. And I know that our listeners are going to get a lot out of this episode. I think we often don't fun. talk about mindset enough. We, we like the tactical things that we can, you know, 
update the website or join Twitter or what, you know, those things. But if you don't have the mindset behind it, it's tough to move forward. You're yeah. Doomed. Well, right, right. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so, do you do you hang out on the web? If our listeners wanted to follow along with you or reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, I am. I don't really hang out anywhere. I hang out at the golf <laughs> course. I mean, yeah. I I if you just Google Regina, I, I mean, any anybody has any questions can send me an email. Regina at a clear path. That's dot great. net and I'm in the NAPO directory and my website, um, a clear path, but I, I, I only use, I usually just use Facebook to, um, you know, hang out with my friends. If I'm going to hang out, I have a social media person, Denise, who does all the posting. That's the other thing I have to say, delegate as yeah. much as you, uh, all the things you don't like to do. You can find it really inexpensively, but I'm the queen of delegation. So yeah, it's another story. So yeah, that's great. But uh, Regina at a clear path.net is just fine. That is great. Well, Regina, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, listeners, I have to ask you, what can you do this week to make a change in your business for the better? How can we shift our mindset? Can we get rid of, I know we can, we can get rid of the head trash and we can get rid of trying to be perfect because our ideas are awesome and we just have to get them out there. So Regina has been uh, a source of inspiration for me this past hour. So I hope she has been the same for you. I'm Sarah Karakayan and that wraps up this episode of Standout. Thank you for hanging out with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast, if you love today's episode and you were able to walk away with inspiration, we ask that you leave us a review and hit that subscribe button. We want to reach out to as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us that review, please feel free to share this and every episode with your colleagues, your team, your friends, whoever might find it beneficial. Thank you for spending your time with us. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning. Go!